is Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True Crime, Crime New England. England. What's up, everybody? Hello, welcome back. Just another day in paradise. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, we're both, we're both off of work. That's good. That's paradise. <laughs> Yay. Um, I mean, besides the fact that I had tire trouble on my way here, I think we're, I think the day's going pretty well. I mean, whenever something goes good in life, you can count on your car to mm. act yes. up and then put a wrench in your good, good times. The other day, my tire light came on and I was like, this sucks. And so I drove on it a little bit and then I was like, oh, it can't be a flat tire because it's still working. So I ignored it. And then I realized I hadn't worked in between now and the tire light coming on. And it's like a good, you know, 20 minutes on the highway. So I was like, mm. To come here to you, it's like 50 minutes. I was like, maybe I should work on this before I make the drive. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Two gas stations, a homeless man dangerously near the air pump, um, <laughs> a d- bottle Diet Coke, a trip to VIP, um, and another trip to the air pump later. I'm here and the light is off. All in a day's work. All in a day's work. <laughs> well, Jesus. I'm, I'm so, so glad you got here safely. Here I am. And we're going to do a good job today. We got some really screwed up shit Mm -hmm. in this episode specifically this one is like i mean i've heard of this happening yeah but again it's one of those where i didn't think it would happen in new england yes especially maine Mm -hmm. the most innocent of states yeah so before we get into it um this case is extraordinarily brutal so yeah it involves a very graphic murder of a child in a way that you wouldn't even comprehend that someone could possibly do to a kid. I know, it's so so true. If that's not for you, um, we'll see you next week. Yeah, get out of here. It's doing the research, I was I've never been so affected by my research before. Me too. It was very like like ooh. Like nauseating because man, this is brutal. The definition of brutal. And if you're reading the title and you're like, oh, I remember that, then you know how mm-hmm. absolutely terrifying this case is. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then you start to think about it and you're like, how could anyone do this? It c- makes regular murder, like being stabbed or shot, seem like not as bad. For sure. Oh, it's awful. And then you add it, it's a child. Nope. Nope. Can't do it. It's terrible. But it's important to talk about. So. Yeah. And it's interesting. It is interesting, as terrible as it is. I don't know. It seems that we bring up the religious theme a lot in this podcast for someone who's, you know, was raised Catholic and isn't, Mm -hmm. like, actively practicing, and then an atheist. (laughs) Yeah, true. But something about this case, it has religious ties, and it's like, why? How is that your excuse? Right. You know? It's just, it's crazy. So, if you can handle it, I hope you guys stick around, Mm because it's very interesting. But, um, man, it's tough. Yeah. And so without further ado, today we will be covering the The murder murder of Angela Palmer. Okay, let's kick it off with our sources. Peryush, Katie, what you got? I have WMTW.com. AP News, Bangor Daily News, UPI.com, CBS News, and then Lucifer's Child, which is a book by Elliot Epstein. He was an attorney who actually witnessed the court proceedings for this case. 
Um, I found the whole book online for free. I'll talk about it at the end where you guys can find it too to read, but it was phenomenally written and yeah. such a great source of information. It really was. I would say a majority of my uh, writing was from this book mm-hmm. because he was very detailed, very thorough, which is terrible given what he was talking about, mm-hmm. but it was very good. Um, so obviously I had that as well. AP News, Twin City Times, Sun Journal, something called Horror History, UPI.com, and WMTW. All right. Katie, you want to start us off and tell us what happened? Just baseline. Bring us back to this day. So it is Saturday, October 27th, 1984 in Auburn, Maine. First responders arrive at an apartment building. It's at 317 Main Street. They got a call about a report of smoke. Mm -hmm. Neighbors are saying that there's smoke billowing out from underneath the door of one of the apartments and it's filling up the hallway and it it smells really bad and they're just, they're getting worried. Right. So police officers John Reed and Tom Kelly, as well as several firefighters, begin to enter the building and they hear the other residents inside complaining about the smoke. Mm -hmm. And someone said it smelled like burning hair. Ugh. It's so sad because that same lady who said it smelled like burning hair, um, she also said that the guy inside was crazy. Yeah. So, you get, okay, the guy inside is crazy and it smells like burnt hair. What's Uh your first thought as a police officer, as a firefighter? Probably fuck. Mm -hmm. Because that's not a good combo. What is this crazy person doing inside? (laughs) Right. Um, the lady who had told, you know, the officers this, had then told Officer Reed and Kelly that they had been knocking on the door of the apartment uh, for hours, but whoever was inside did not answer. And the reason they were knocking on the door for hours was because since the night before, this apartment had been blaring religious music. And it sounded like the same song over and over again. Yeah, it was like a chant almost. Yes, it was called Jesus Loves You. Or that was all people could consistently make out, was that it was saying Jesus loves you. Over and over and over. <laughs> all night long. Blaring. So naturally, the guy's crazy. There's smoke in the apartment. They've been mm-hmm. knocking for hours and it smells like burnt hair. Oh my God, what's going on? Uh-oh. Yeah, what is going on? So then Officer Reed, um, he tried knocking, he tried turning the knob, he tried kicking it down, um, he couldn't get it. So some firefighters joined together, kicked it down. Um, When Reed entered the apartment, he noticed the smoke was billowing everywhere. It was coming from the kitchen, which you'd probably figure. Um, And he checked for people who were in the apartment and he found three people, a man, a woman, and a little girl who was like five or six, standing in the living room facing like out towards the window and they were all holding hands the man in his free hand had a bible oh just like the hair on the back of my uh neck it's like something out of a horror movie literally they're staring out the window and not moving yes and officer reads like guys there's fire get out get out and they stand there they don't even turn to him so fucking creepy so The man is 37-year-old John Lane. The woman was 30-year-old Cynthia Palmer and then 5-year-old Sarah Palmer. They were ignoring the police officer at first. He's begging them. He's like, you have to get out of the apartment. There's fire. Get out. And then he ended up grabbing the little girl. And he's like, fine, I'm taking her. Like, you two can stay in here if you want to. I'm taking her. We need to get out of here. Yeah. And I'm glad he did because, geez. Well, thank God. 
37-year-old John Lane stated, It's all right. Lucifer is dead. Lucifer is gone. Angie will be okay now. Officers got the couple out of the apartment, and then a neighbor saw the five-year-old, Sarah, and then asked, Where's the baby? She's freaking out. She's like, Where's the baby? Yeah. He's like, What are you talking about? I have her right here. Right. She goes, No, there's another one. There's another kid. Where is she? She's still in the apartment. When I read that, my heart just dropped. Mm -hmm. Even knowing what I was about to read, I can't imagine how the officers were feeling like, Oh my God, we just left a baby in there. And you know, baby is such like a relative term. Like, you know, I would immediately think of like an infant, but a little child, like there's a child in there. Right. And so he, now officer Reed is like, well, shit. So naturally officer Reed ran Sarah, the five-year-old down to the firefighters to safety and then promptly ran right back up to the apartment because now he realized he had to look for another baby. Mm -hmm. And when he got back to the apartment, they had already, the firefighters who had come up had found that baby. Yeah. Um, Officer Reed then went back inside the apartment and he found that the oven had been unplugged and extinguished by firefighters. They had determined that the oven was the source of the smoke. Mm -hmm. There was a chair propped up against it, so they removed the chair. (sighs) And then they safely opened the oven. Inside was the small, burned body of four-year-old Angela Palmer. This was just... Reading the description of, like, the position of her body and the Mm -hmm. state of her body, even just the details of the stove. So the stove had been set, there was two, like, dials. One had been set to bake and the other to broil, which I didn't realize until recently when my boyfriend made me dinner and burned something after, like, three minutes. He'd put it on broil and it burned, my whole house was smoking. It's, like, such a powerful setting on an oven Mm -hmm. so the fact that it was turned to that and bake all the way all the way up and it seems like um you know afterwards they discovered that the maximum temperature of the oven that it could reach was 550 degrees fahrenheit which is what it had reached yeah so her head angela was positioned towards the right side of the oven her trunk towards the left, and her left leg was extended. So when they opened the oven, it almost was like her leg was sticking out. Yeah. Um, Officer Reed, you know, I can only imagine, like, what you would see in movies. Like, he discovers this, he goes up and he sees that this is what they find, and then he walks back down the stairs where, you know, the mom and the boyfriend are, the little girl is, and his partner, and I'm sure the look on his face is just of, like, complete disturbed how, like, how do you process that? You can't. Right. That is so traumatic. He went down and he asked Sarah Palmer if she was injured, if she was okay. And she stated, Angie was bad, Angie's room was dirty, and Daddy had to punish her. Oh, my God. When the medical examiner arrived on scene to examine the body, part of Angela's skull had to be forcibly cut off in order to be removed from the heating coil. Oh, my God. That makes me sick. First responders are running outside to throw up. Yeah. They're panicking. One of them was like, it has to be a doll. You know what I mean? It has to be a doll. And then they noticed that her leg that was sticking out, it had cracked and it was seeping bodily fluids. Right. And that's the only way. That's the only distinction. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So when Officer Reed came out of that apartment, you know, he discovered Angel's body. He went right up to John Lane and handcuffed him. And Tom Kelly, the his officer, was handcuffing Cynthia when she turned to Officer Reed and said, I didn't do it. He did. Okay, this will come into play later, yeah. I think. 
um, just terrible, terrifying stuff. I would, I can't imagine I would be able to control my anger. No. If I was those officers, I'd be like, I'd be punching the shit out of those. Oh my God. Because obviously it's one of them. At least one, if not both. Yeah. They have something to do with it for sure. Yes. Undoubtedly. What really disturbed me was the accounts from the neighbors. Yes. Yes. Um, all of them heard the music, loud banging, biblical music, the chanting, Jesus loves you, over <laughs> and over and over, like blasting. Yeah. Blasting. People are knocking on the door, like, okay, it's two o'clock in the morning, turn yeah. it down, please. Yeah. No answer. Not even like a response, like, go away or fuck you. Yeah, it's just nothing. like, nope, Jesus loves you. Several neighbors actually heard Angela crying and screaming on that Saturday morning, and they all heard her say the same thing, Daddy, let me out. And I was saying to you before we started recording that this was interesting to me because in some articles I read, it was very obvious that John Lane had not been dating Cynthia Palmer for very long. Mm -hmm. Um, Some places said, like, two months. Yeah. So the fact that she was calling him Daddy is just, like... How manipulative is that situation? And she's a little... She's four years old. She doesn't know. And, you know, maybe she doesn't have a consistent father figure. And then this happens. Mm-hmm. This happens. It's insane. Yeah. Um, one of John Lane's friends, actually, 30-year-old Nick Scapatici, he was a friend of John's. Um, he actually stopped over with his girlfriend that morning of mm-hmm. that day, unannounced. He just wanted to say hi. Right. When they got there, they could hear a child crying, mm. and then they knocked on the door. John yelled at them, go away, you're not pure enough to come in, you're going to hell. Oh my god. So Nick knew that John had some background of having a hard time and some previous suicide attempts in his life, so he thought, you know, my friend is really struggling here. Yeah. I'm not going to go away and leave him in his time of crisis. Right. And so Nick opened the door. He saw the room was actively filling with smoke from the oven and mm-hmm. that there was blood on the floor. Ugh. John looked up at him and called him Gabriel. <laughs> and he said, I killed Lucifer and no one's going to hurt him. And then he mm-hmm. slammed the door in Nick's face. And this whole instance of John screaming and Nick opening the door mm-hmm. and then the door slamming and he opened the door. So now smoke is filling right. up the hallway and then other neighbors start to notice. Right. And that's when they call 911. Right. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And then, like you said, neighbors were n- noticing that this was happening. So in the apartment directly below where Cynthia Palmer lived was Robert LaGrange, his girlfriend Patricia White, and Patricia's two-year-old. Um, Patricia claimed that the religious music was so loud that she couldn't even hear her own television, oh my which god. blows my mind. And she said it was like 2 a.m. when she sent Robert to go knock on the door and be like, hey, can you not have this playing? It's 2 a.m. We get it. Jesus loves you. And a male voice screamed behind the door. The wrath of God will strike you dead. Like, what? <laughs> what it's I would have done. Like... Right? Oh, my God. And then this other family, the Duraps, they were a couple who lived with their two-year-old daughter directly above Cynthia Palmer's apartment, claimed that they woke Saturday morning with the loud music blaring in their ears. So, you know, um, I think her name was Mary, the mother, said that she was a really deep sleeper. And so when she woke and the music was like, she was like, what the hell? And her husband was like, it's been happening all night. He clearly didn't sleep. Um, The only word that Mary could make out was Jesus. (laughs) 
That's how loud it was. And then later that day, she was walking past the door of Cynthia's apartment and she heard what you said earlier, Daddy, let me out. That was Angela's voice asking, Daddy, let me out. Ugh. So now that's at least two neighbors who've heard that, mm -hmm. which is terrifying. So that's insane. They've been playing music for like 16 hours and it's so loud. You can't even hear your own television. Mm -hmm. And I doubt that's before they had closed captioning. <laughs> right? It's 1984. Right. So. And John is like screaming at people about God and <laughs> you know what you're Gabriel like they're what? not gonna hurt you anymore and slams the door in his face what the fuck I uh, can question yeah as an atheist hi is Gabriel good or bad my understanding I've tried to block out sure, <laughs> sure. my uh Catholic school programming after school but <laughs> my understanding is that Gabriel is an angel, angel? okay archangel or he's something he's something really good Oh, he's Gabriel's good. good. Gabriel's okay. like protection. And... Mm -hmm. So when John's friend visited and John screamed at him, you're Gabriel, that was a saying like, don't worry, friend, you're safe kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Or like, cause Gabriel, I guess, is an archangel Yeah. or something good for protection mm -hmm. and archangels are cool. They're good. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Protection and all that other okay. stuff. But they, yeah, I uh, guess he saw... Him, he could have registered that he was his friend or that he okay. knew him, and he's, like, associating him with being good. Right. Okay. But, and then he's like, yeah, no one's going to hurt you anymore, and slam the door in This has been um, Religion Moment with Katie and Liz, <laughs> your favorite weekly segment, where Liz asks a question as a dumb atheist, and Katie responds reliving her trauma from her childhood. But yeah, so they've been listening to this music. It's annoying. Mm -hmm. And then this whole thing. What the hell? Yeah. It's all kind of piecing together now, right? Because we find him, he's holding a Bible in his free hand. The music that's playing, he's... He said that Lucifer is dead. It's all okay now. Um, what? Lucifer meaning the four-year-old girl you cooked in an oven. Right. Oh. <laughs> right. So, Cynthia and John were both obviously taken into custody and questioned. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Cynthia, during her interrogation... She said that her apartment was smoky because she had just cooked hot dogs and she was going to go heat up some bread, mm -hmm. but then a rag caught fire on the heating coil in the oven. Ugh. She also maintained that she did not do anything to her children, and she also didn't seem to know that Angela had passed away. Yeah. The detective doing her interrogation, he had to keep telling her, keep reminding mm -hmm. her, Angela's passed away. Angela... Angela died and yeah. she's not here anymore. Yeah. And she would react in shock every single time. Every time. It was almost like a dementia patient. You're just telling them the same thing over again and each time they're surprised. It's like they yeah. heard it for the first time. Detective Joseph Melee of Maine State Police was the one doing her interrogation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he kept telling her, yeah, Angela's deceased. Yeah. I'm so sorry she's passed away. And Cynthia would act in shock or break down and cry mm -hmm. and over and over she kept saying I want the bastard found that did this yeah she wasn't really registering what had happened no she was even asking is there something wrong with my kids she kept asking that like she didn't know why she was taken into custody yeah she said are my kids okay yeah and then she said no she can't be dead my little Angie she can't be dead yeah. and then the detective was getting kind of you know tired of her shit yeah like, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on <laughs> Her yeah. kid was just found deceased in the oven. In an oven. 550 degrees Fahrenheit burnt. Ugh. Yeah. So he's getting tired of it, and he's like, 
Uh, yeah, there's a child very much deceased in your apartment. In your oven, ma'am. In your oven. What? So, what? Tell me what's going on. Like, you can cry. Let it all out now. That's right. What's going on? That's what I found. So, I almost was laughing because in the, he gives the, um, the author of the Lucifer's Child, he gives the, like, transcript of the interrogation and, um, Officer Malay literally is like, it's okay. You can cry. I understand. It's very sad. Your daughter is dead. You were there. What happened? Mm-hmm. I almost, like, laughed at that because I was like, that's exactly what, how you should do it. Like, hold this woman accountable. Um, you can only fake so much. Right, and this you know? is her mother. Like, you're not in an apartment right. filled with smoke and you don't know what's going on. Right, right, exactly. Um, Cynthia even claimed that Angela was healthy, and this morning she was healthy, in that she had not done anything to harm her children. Um, so again, she kept accusing Malay of playing games with her. Mm-hmm. He, She even said, who the hell would do such a thing? Freaking out. When... And at this point, I'm sure the uh, interrogator was like, what do I, I am at a loss here. I keep telling you your daughter is dead. She was cooked in an oven. You know something. What happened? I can't imagine how frustrating that is, Mm -hmm. given the circumstances. Ugh. Then we have the other one. Oh, the other one. Mm. During John's interrogation, he would stare at the wall blankly. He would break into fits of crying, (laughs) moaning, shaking, or silence. And he would give his answers in either a whisper or an eerily high-pitched voice. Ew, what the fuck? Isn't that terrifying? Yes. Yeah. So he was asked if he killed Angela. He told detectives, no, I, I killed Lucifer. Ugh. They're like, oh, fuck. They're like, here we go. Oh, my God. John said that all hell had broken loose in the apartment mm-hmm. and that Lucifer, a small and slimy green monster, mm-hmm. yep. was going to hurt Cynthia and the kids, so he threw her in the oven. Mm-hmm. And that was when detectives kind of knew, like, uh, you know, you don't have to be super religious to know that Lucifer is portrayed as masculine. Yes. In the Bible. Sure. So the fact that John said, I threw her in the oven. <gasps> oh, that's a good, mm-hmm. okay, I did not pick up on that. And then he went on to kind of dig himself into a hole and he said Lucifer was inside of Angela. Oh, right, right, gotcha. Claiming the devil got loose is what he had said at one point. And then Detective Melee told John he killed Angie. He's like, you, you killed her. That was, that was all you. Yeah. John stated, no, God, that poor little baby, I didn't mean to hurt her. Really? So it's like, what is going on here? That's so disgusting. Yeah. He literally, um, Officer Melee literally was like, you killed Angela. And he reacted as anyone would if they found out they their child or their girlfriend, whoever, was murdered and it wasn't them. He was freaking out. Him I don't believe so much. Because that's a really good point where he was like, Lucifer in her body... I think that's a really good point. Cynthia, and we'll find out later, maybe didn't have as much to do with it. Um, There's more to her story for sure. Yes. And, you know, as Melee pressed on, he did ask Lane if uh, Cynthia knew that he had killed Angela. And even though he was in a super weird, like, faraway trance, he said that Cynthia was in the other room, that she had not helped him put Angela in the oven, and that she too saw Lucifer and Angela. So, what? But he basically just, like, reverse implicated her. So he was Mm -hmm. like, she had nothing to do with it. But I don't think he was trying to prove she was innocent. I think he was just like, 
you know, oh, well, she didn't do it, but she knew it was Lucifer. She knew. Right. Like, she it, saw what I saw. Yeah. So we all saw the green, slimy, ugly creature. Nope. Nope. That was just your insane. And the fact that he's saying the creature was small, mm-hmm. like, do you mean the size of like, a four-year-old? Yeah. I wonder. Because, hello. Because <laughs> it was a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's talk about the investigation in terms of, like, evidence and the autopsy and yeah. all that stuff. So you did give a little insight into um, some of the autopsy. Well, you know how they had to, uh, to cut a part of her skull off of the... The heating s- coil. Oh, my God. Yeah. That makes me nauseous. Um, I think the most important detail of this is that when the medical examiner performed the autopsy, um, it was found that she had soot in her upper trachea and carbon monoxide in her blood, which means she was alive when she was placed in the oven. That is the worst sentence I ever read in my entire life. Truly atrocious. How can someone do that to a little girl? Yeah. The rest of the autopsy was brutal. Reading some of these details is hard. So among the things that was seen with the um, autopsy were extensive charring and splitting of the skin at the back of both buttocks. Um, worse on the right than on the left. The skin on both of her feet were blistered, yellow, and crispy. There was charring notably around her elbows. Um, The skin on the front of her legs had turned almost golden brown and hard, in addition to the skin on her abdomen, chest, and face. Her mouth was found to be open with her tongue sticking out. Oh my god. Yeah. She had blackish-brown liquid running from her nostrils, and... Um, the left side of the front of her scalp was split open and there was deep charring like into her skull. Oh God. Um, her cause of death was ruled as exposure to high heat and extensive burns. 90% of her body had been badly burned. 90%. There were no signs of sexual abuse or trauma and there weren't any broken bones, but they were able to determine that she did have multiple fresh bruises that were visible on her left shoulder, her lower back, her right ankle, her left knee, and hands and chest. They determined that the way that her scalp had split, Mm -hmm. it was from the heat, but it was also because of a blow to the head Mm. that was given to her earlier. There were also blood drops leading from the bathroom to the kitchen and into the oven. So it was determined that she had been hit over the head in the bathroom, and John actually later admitted that he hit her over the head with a Bible. Oh, my God. He tried to drown her in the toilet by putting her face in the toilet and trying to flush. Mm. Um, He carried her from the bathroom into the oven. This would also explain the blood drops on his pants because it left a trail of blood from her scalp wound from the bathroom to the oven and also all over him. Right. So he admitted to carrying her. Right. The bruising that was found on Angela's body was determined to be from having been beaten with an object or from severe pinching. Ugh. John later gave an account where he admitted to grabbing Angela and throwing her against the wall, as well as furniture in the bathroom, as well as holding her head in the toilet. Oh my god. That poor little girl. She was all alive for that. And this is a four-year-old. This is a four-year-old girl. The officer that responded, Officer Reed, when he arrived at the scene you could still make out some of the clothing that Angela was wearing yeah it was a blue jumper with bears on it and he 
was so disturbed because he realized that's the same one that he puts his kid to bed in. Oh my god. Yeah. That's horrifying. And so, oh, that's just awful. Um, among the other things that were taken into evidence, um, Melee took the uh, knobs from the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually took the oven eventually. Um, he took samples of the blood that was left. Um, unfortunately, the DNA testing only proved that the blood stains were consistent with type O, which was Angela's blood type. But because of the times, they couldn't do much further um, look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, also among the evidence was three separate pill bottles that were all prescribed to Cynthia. This included Xanax, which I mean, we all know what Xanax is. Rufin, which is an anti-inflammatory drug, and phenylzine, which is an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting part is that the phenylzine had been refilled nine days prior to this murder, but it was already almost used up. So mm. I imagine, right? Interesting. This part also made me gag and cringe. On the third trip to remove all the evidence, that's how they had to do so many trips, Officer Melee discovered a broken sex vibrator mm-hmm. um, in a broken audio cassette. It had, like, all of the tape was, like, you know, spooled out of it. Um, it was later theorized that Lane had used the tape, the pills, and a vibrator as a part of, like, a makeshift exorcism for Angela, which is so disturbing. Yeah. Oh, my God. That really breaks the heart. Um... Lastly, Lane made an interesting claim that Cynthia had made him a chocolate cake and poisoned him with it. And he demanded that they go and find that cake and test it for PCP because it would prove that Cynthia laced John Lane. And this ultimately led to their hallucinations Mm -hmm. to kill Angela. Well, unsurprisingly, that was not true. (laughs) (laughs) Like, good try, honey. But he maybe was like, oh, we do what can i do oh there was a chocolate cake she made me a chocolate cake for my birthday uh officer sir there's <laughs> pcp in there <laughs> did you check the cake <laughs> fucking fool like literally and they both underwent drug testing yep and they were both negative for any <laughs> amphetamines Anything. or any kind of mm-hmm. on monday october 29th two days after angela's murder cynthia palmer and john lane were brought into the lewiston district court for arraignment Judge Damon Scales ordered both John and Cynthia to undergo psychiatric testing before returning to court. Mm. They were ordered to be held without bail in Androscoggin County Jail. Sarah actually went to visit her mom in jail, Mm. and she wouldn't look at her. She wouldn't talk to her. She just kind of shied away and cried. Yeah. Cynthia's behavior in jail was very bizarre. Um... She made a point to tell all of the guards all about how Angie's death wasn't her fault. Yeah. She did everything she could to try to prevent it. She tried to make friends with other inmates, and she even developed a liking to the medical officer, who she would flash every time he came onto the oh cell block. Oh, my God. It's like, what's going on? John, on the other hand, he knew he was in deep shit, mm-hmm. so he tried to isolate himself from the other prisoners for his own safety because he knows. Child killer, yeah. Word of mouth has a way of getting around in prison. Yes. Yes. Especially if you kill a child. Yeah. Prisoners don't like that. No, they don't. They have kids of their own. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Don't, you don't... That is the lowest level on the totem pole yep. in jail or prison or anything. Anywhere, yeah. So you're you're screwed. One prisoner actually found out what John Lane did, and he made this contraption with rope and drinking straws. Oh. And while John was sleeping, he... 
threaded it into the cell oh. and got it to touch the edge of John's bed and then he lit it on fire. <laughs> so John woke up screaming, his bedding's on fire, a pile of his clothes is on fire. And the inmate later said, yeah, I did it. I hate John for killing Angela. And he said he kept hearing voices and the voices were telling him to let him burn, let him burn. Oh my God. Just I'm... like he did to the kid. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely correct, sir. Mm-hmm. I wish it had worked. It didn't. <laughs> Damn. I know, but it gave John a very good scare. Yeah. Like, this is what prison is like. Right. Right. You, you did wanna, a terrible thing. Right. You want to be a sicko and you want right. to do this crime. Here you go. Right. He had no excuse. Right. Cynthia, it depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. She was a little more ill mentally mm-hmm. than John Lane. She had actually been diagnosed as a true schizophrenic in the past. However, her lawyer for the trial didn't really think that she was one. Um, there was actually a man they hired named Dr. James, who was from Massachusetts. Um, he was a psychiatrist. He claimed that Cynthia tried to avoid strong emotions due to childhood trauma. Um, and because of this, she attempted to block reality and not acknowledge bad situations. Um, According to Dr. James, she was passive and super dependent in her relationships, mm-hmm. which, mood, um, same here. <laughs> um, but basically, she was, like, seeking to be nurtured and cared for. Yeah. Which, um, I guess she believed John did for her. Um, it also appeared that, at least to Dr. James, that Cynthia had experienced um, auditory hallucinations, um, even when he was interviewing her. So that's mm. interesting. Um, can you confirm that they were auditory hallucinations? Not exactly, but right. it was seeming that way. Um, it also was discovered that Lane had beat Cynthia pretty bad a few days before the murder. Um, because a few days before that, she had gotten in a car accident. Um, she was okay, ultimately, but she did spend some time in the hospital and she had some injuries. Um, and this day in question, like I said, a few days before the murder... Lane got really mad at Cynthia because she was kneeling down on an injured knee to bathe her children. Um, And so as a punishment, he tied Cynthia to the bed, stripped her, and beat her on the bottom and elbow until the paddle broke. Apparently. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And after um, he finished beating Cynthia, he locked her in the room by placing an armchair in front of the door. Sound familiar? This is when Palmer uh, revealed that John started to play the religious music. was when she was locked in there. Um, and he also believed the devil was coming and that the kitchen itself was evil. Mm. Oh, good. Yep, good. You know you're <laughs> in trouble when your kitchen's evil. Yeah. Dr. Irene Stiver administered Cynthia's psychiatric testing, court-ordered, court-mandated, whatever. Yeah. Um... Dr. Stiver came to the conclusion that, you know, as you said, Cynthia has a very long history of mental illness as well Mm -hmm. as extreme abuse. Yeah. Um, Countless sexual assaults. She was locked in rooms as a child by her parents. Yeah. You know, the cycle of abuse. It's very ironic that her current partner is doing the same things to her as she had to deal with as a kid. Right. Her coping mechanism, which is very common if you have a long history of extreme abuse, especially as a child, Mm -hmm. is to dissociate and go into another place mentally. Right. Um, A lot of people with extreme abuse suffer from dissociative episodes, so it's not 
completely out of the picture. Yeah. It completely makes sense. It does. The day that Angela was murdered, John had actually thrown Cynthia in the bedroom before assaulting Angela in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Cynthia told her kids to run and get the police, but she didn't think to leave the room herself. Yeah. She wanted to save her kids, but because of that trapped space that she was in mentally, Mm -hmm. she didn't think that she could leave. Right. Physically. Right. She told her kids to run. Um, and it was also revealed later that John had drugged her. Yep. Something so, like three handfuls of pills is what she said. Yeah. And I have, um, like, the blood levels and shit, oh, too. Oh, perfect. But, um, Cynthia was drugged. She is heavily sedated. Yeah. She said that she lost consciousness, and I, I think that that adds up because one of the side effects of Nardole, which is um, phenylzine. Yeah the antidepressant that she was prescribed. One of the side effects is that it can cause your blood pressure to drop when you change positions rapidly. Okay. Orthostatic hypotension exactly. to uh, you and I in the healthcare field. So Cynthia actually snapped out of her dissociative state when she was locked in the bedroom because she heard him throwing Angela against the wall in the bathroom. Oh my god. She stood up to run and go help her mm-hmm. and then her blood pressure plummeted yep. and she hit the floor and she lost consciousness. Jesus Christ. So while... I think that, you know, this is the child's mother. She was in the apartment at the time. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more complex than, especially what the media made it out to be. Just, oh, Cynthia is this bystander and she watched him put her in the oven and she didn't do anything to help her intervene. She tried to run and go help Angela when she heard John beating her, but she's drugged. She's She's sedated. Yeah. It's just awful. And there are more factors into play it's not Mm -hmm. just black and white right right and i think that's the important part of going through these cases like this because black Mm -hmm. and white you think a mom and her boyfriend killed their her daughter yeah but really it's all this these moving parts it's insane so cynthia's account of the incident with what had happened with her had been that john had drugged her with tylenol the xanax that she was prescribed for her anxiety and then her antidepressant pills he called her Babylon's whore. He was referring to Sarah and Angela as Lucifer's children. Oh my god. Which kind of contraindicates his statement from before because he was saying it was only Angela. Right. Um, he then assaulted Cynthia and hit her in the head where she had stitches from her car accident. That was 11 oh. days before this yeah. day. Yeah. When she came to, because he just gave her a head injury. Yeah. She realized that he was burning Angela's blue sweater in the bathtub, and he had drawn red crosses on the legs of her pants, Ugh. as well as blue crosses all over the apartment, oh which God. is what investigators found when they went in. Yeah. He then assaulted Cynthia with the vibrator, tried to strangle her with the cassette tape, which is why all of the tape was ripped out, because yeah. he tried to strangle her with it. Mm-hmm. And he actually flushed another cassette down the toilet. Oh, that's right. They found it a little later, didn't they? Yes. Ugh. Um... All of this adds up with what investigators found. Mm-hmm. The empty pill bottles included Cynthia's Nardole prescription. When they took her blood for drug testing, they're testing it for drugs, you know? They're right. not testing it for levels of medications that she was prescribed. Right. They had actually kept an extra vial of blood to be safe. Oh. When John said, oh, Cynthia drugged me with PCP and the chocolate cake. Oh, that's right. And they had to drug test them. They kept extra vials on hand just in case. Good. And so when Cynthia came out and said, you know, this is what happened. I remember now. This Mm -hmm. is what happened to me. They tested her blood. And sure enough, it had a very high concentration of Nardole. 
So much so that the orthostatic hypotension where if you change positions quickly, your blood pressure drops and you can pass out, that would have happened to her. Yeah. So she is telling the truth here. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so because of all these factors, her history of mental illness and abuse, the very obvious signs that she was abused by John herself, the high levels of Nardil or the phenylzine Mm -hmm. um, in her blood, those proved to be a damning factor in her trial. So they actually knocked her um, charge of uh, murder down and they changed it to manslaughter and they tried her for that. Mm -hmm. And she was actually found not guilty. So Cynthia was actually set free. Yeah. Which is, you know, I don't know how to feel about it. It's kind of stressing, but also, if that really is the truth, she was abused really terribly. She went through some crazy shit. You know, I I think maybe it, it probably was the right call. Yeah, and honestly, too, with the charge of manslaughter, it mm-hmm. would have been that she willingly sat aside and right. let this happen, or she willingly could have intervened but did not. Right. So the fact that she wasn't able to intervene because of the millions of factors. She's right. drugged, she's sedated. Right. She tried to get up and go help her daughter when she heard her daughter being beaten in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, I feel like them dropping the manslaughter charge makes sense with the evidence. Right. But also, I just... It just... I don't know. It's very complicated. Know. It is very complicated. Luckily, though, they did find John Lane guilty of murder. They sure did. And he was sentenced to life in prison. Mm-hmm. As he should beyond that. Um, so he is still there to this day. Thank God. Cynthia Palmer died in 2005. Um, but John Lane, yeah, he's still sitting pretty in prison. Yeah. And the picture, there's like one picture of him. And I know you know what I'm talking about. He mm-hmm. just looks like a dope. He's He's got his mouth open. He looks and, like a fool. Yeah, he's so dumb. It blows my mind. In 2015, John Lane even filed a motion for a new trial, claiming that his attorneys did a, quote, poor job of defending him, quote. Or he was just an evil man who did a terrible thing. One of his psychiatrists that did his testing, his Mm -hmm. court-mandated testing, said that while he does suffer from mental illness and a history of mental illness, you know, he's made suicide attempts in the past. Right. He was portraying characteristics of several different mental illnesses that he did not have. Yeah. The way he was acting in the interrogation room, you know, whispering and making his voice really high yeah. and what? crying and moaning and shaking and going into <sighs> silence. And that was all a load of bullshit. Yeah. He was amplifying certain symptoms that, you know, he was trying to say that he heard voices, but yeah. the way that he was presenting to a literal psychiatrist. Yeah. The psychiatrist was like, you're not interacting with with internal stimuli. I know for a fact that you're not hearing voices, so stop telling me that you're hearing things, telling yeah. you to, oh, Lucifer, and I hallucinate. Uh-huh. No, because nope. you're going back on what you're saying. Yeah, he was pretty fucked. <sighs> um, Cynthia was found not guilty on Monday, November 25th, 1985, and then a couple days before that was when John Lane was found mm-hmm. guilty. Yeah. So that was crazy, and yeah, he's yeah. been in there ever, ever since. Ever since good riddance. Elliot Epstein, the author of the book Lucifer's Child, he did an amazing job. Yes, it's a good read. He stated almost every first responder within a year or two went out on some kind of disability or resigned. The police sergeant that supervised the scene, he actually attempted suicide. 
His wife came home just in time to find him with a loaded gun in his mouth. Oh my god. Firefighters and police officers at the scene suffered from PTSD, nightmares, depression, and anxiety. Yeah. A lot of the neighbors were also very distraught. One of them even said if they had called the police just an hour earlier, she might have survived. Yeah. It's a hard thing to hold on to. Cynthia actually had her parental rights terminated of Sarah, Mm -hmm. and she was set up to be put up for adoption in 1986. Yep, so she's out there somewhere. I hope doing okay. Yeah. Oh, man. You hear about these cases of kids being burned alive in ovens, or pets even, or, you know, the famous poodle in the microwave case, and all this other fucked up shit. Yeah. You don't comprehend that Mm -hmm. those things could happen so close to home. I know. The fact that this happened in Auburn, Maine, yeah, that is about like an hour from me, from where I live in Portland. Oh my God. And people still talk about that case. Oh yeah. My coworkers um, who know I have a podcast a few times recently have been like, have you covered Angela Palmer? And I'm like, just you wait, here mm-hmm. it comes because damn, that's not a case people forget. Yeah. Awful stuff. Oh, if you want to read the book, Lucifer's Child by Elliot Epstein, mm. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I read great. it cover to cover it's in like easy a read. couple hours. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, you can find it at most bookstores near you if you want to support the author, which I highly recommend doing. Mm-hmm. Or if you are on a time crunch like I was, <laughs> <laughs> um, I signed up for a free 30-day trial through Scribd. Yeah. S-C-R-I-B-D. Mm-hmm. The full online version of the book is there yeah. for free. For free. Hell yeah. Yep. It was pretty good. All right, guys. That was terrible. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely atrocious. So why don't you guys go to our Instagram and tell us how much you hated this episode? (laughs) Because it was the worst. Really brutal. Oh, and you can find us on Instagram at truecrimene. All lowercase. Or you can email us at truecrimene at gmail.com. Or you can head over to our website, truecrimene.com. You can send us... Stories, questions, comments, concerns, feedback, comments, nice things, cases you'd like for yes, us to cover if they're please, in New England, please. cases outside of New England that you'd like to chat about with us, we're open to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a submission tool on our website and you can also check our previous case pages, uh, explore our case profiles that you yes. work very hard on. There's Thank a whole you. tab at the top. Check them out. She does a great job. Hell yeah. And... Um, Yeah, with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.